0: Three-man front nation. Let's ride.
1: It's better to keep your mouth shut and let people think you're an idiot than to open it and leave no doubt.
0: F A C K.
1: But he knocked it through, Ben. Gets him even. That's a big kick for Polly Fricano. You know, I hope
0: there's Bigfoot. I don't think there is. What a beautiful woman. Wow. He's, AJ's doing Whoa. some things right down it's the So if you're a youngster in Alabama, start getting the football
1: out and throw it around the backyard with Pop. Welcome to the podcast. With that, uh, we're going to get into it this week. It is July 31st, 2022. Uh, we're ready to talk some college football here on the three man front. Uh, so, we're going to start a new segment here. It's called the Fumble or Fruit Basket of the Week. Basically, if you f- have a fumble of the week, you're going to ridicule somebody. You're, you're upset what they did this week. You're going to give them a fumble. If you're uh, wanting to applaud somebody, you give them a fruit basket. And that's kind of how it works. <laughs>
0: are amazing Phyllis. gift baskets are the essence of class and fanciness they are the ultimate present that a person can receive
1: what about cash With cash you can buy whatever you want including a gift basket
0: so my fruit basket of the week not really a fruit basket but more some actually no i'm gonna say it's a fumble i hate that like college football has gone away from the neck pad i hate it I think you see a middle linebacker with a neck pad. I'm scared. I'm not going, I'm not running up the middle. If I see that, you know, I mean, think of the, think of the eighties back in the day, you had those middle linebackers, those crazy guys with the neck pads. I mean, you just don't want to face it. I just cannot believe that we're going farther and farther away from it. Listen, in the NFL, Leighton Vander Esch, I'm a huge Cowboys fan. He sucks. He's horrible linebacker, but He's got a neck pad. So it's just, I, I love it. I hate to say it. I love it because of that neck pad. And I think college football needs to go back to the big pads, go kill someone, go hurt
1: your neck, put your life on the line for the game. That's all I'm saying. So here, here's my question. Who's the first player that comes to mind when you think of a neck pad? Cause mine is without doubt, Brian Brosworth. That's I fair. would say that or Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson. Uh, See, so does he, okay. That's good. See, when I used to play NCAA football, I would always put a neck pad on my player just to make him look beefier. I like oh the, yeah, you know, let's
2: get let's yeah. character.
0: Yeah. Like imagine Kenneth Murray, like playing for the Chargers now. Imagine him with a neck pad. That's Didn't he have a
1: neck, a neck roll or neck you know, I think neck he
0: had head. a neck roll. And I mean he was a scary
1: dude. Yeah. He's it does like make a large man terrifying. Yeah. A fast linebacker with a neck roll or a neck pad is like, oh boy, that's that's hype video material. Oh yeah. All right, so that's that's a good one, Tom. Uh, I'm glad we're I'm glad we're talking neck pads. I'd love I love a good neck pad. I don't know what to say, man.
2: Yeah. All right, my uh my fumble of the week is Texas football. This this week has been pretty awful at recruiting. They have a guy who his dad played at Texas for four years. He's a legacy kid, uh, but he's about to commit to you tomorrow.
1: We're talking about Colton Vasek or Vasek? Colton Vasek, yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. also from Austin.
2: Yeah, he's from Austin. His dad played four years in Texas, and somehow they're about to lose out on him. It's it's pretty sad, if you ask Casey me. Casey
1: Thompson, the Casey Thompson effect. Yeah, and
2: See? then uh, they also they also lost out one of their probably their biggest prospect, which is Anthony Hill, who's supposed to be like a Texas lean for a little bit, and then ended up coming to A and M yesterday. So
1: right. I can't blame anybody. Anybody that goes to A and M, it's not another school's fault that they went to A and M. They just got the bag. Hate him. <laughs> I mean, I would they take got the bag. But right. I mean, so yeah. hey, again. College football news this week. My fumble of the week is going to be, I don't even know how to say his name. I think it's George Klyakov, PAC-12 commissioner. Uh, This guy's an absolute clown. He's a joke. These kind of people being in the business of football is why we're seeing all these teams leave, right? I mean, he's one of the more main reasons. uh, Again, he took the job last year. So saying that USC and UCLA leaving is his fault is kind of a little bit ridiculous. But he goes on and he's completely, you know, just very brazen about what he's saying about the, Crapping on the Big Twelve, just crapping down the Big Twelve. He's saying, "Yeah, I I haven't decided if we're going shopping for the Big Twelve teams." Here's the deal. Here's the deal, George. Let me tell you something, George. You got no chance. Let's let's go. Raise it. Raise your hand if you think the Pac-12 is alive. Nobody raises their hand, George. No one. (laughs) George, the Pac-12 is dead. And here's the deal. Why are you so upset with the Big Twelve? The Big Twelve hasn't stolen any of your teams. Your teams got stolen by the Big Ten, George. They literally just
0: took all the like the group of five teams that's like the best group of five teams that's all they take that's all they've taken so far
1: so during conference alignment the big 12 has had so many teams stolen from it the big 12 has never stolen a team from power five conference and george klykov goes up there and acts like the big 12 is at fault what are we talking about isn't the pac 12 also like millions of dollars in debt right now
0: like millions of dollars
1: I mean, I think they're in debt, but they certainly are making the, le- the least amount of money of any of the Power Five conferences. So that's, that's the thing that's a real, real big joke. Anyways, that's my end of the rant for George Klyakov. He's the fumble of the week. Um, but guys, here's the more important part, is that college football starts very soon. Um, I think we've got four more Saturdays till week, week zero, and it's going to be a kickoff in Dublin with Northwestern and Nebraska, which is interesting in its own right. But when that game kicks off, what are we drinking this year? We're all 21 this year. What's the go to tailgating drink watching football drink
2: for me? I'm going the cheaper option, Bushlight Light Apple. Tastes like apple juice. What
1: you got to add the apple,
2: you got to add the apple, not regular uh, Bush Apple. You have to. Oh, the apple makes it up, makes the entire drink.
1: Yeah, it's
2: the best tailgate drink out there.
1: I like it. I like it. So I went with Bush Light as well. I did not add apple, though, although apple doesn't make it any worse. I don't think it makes them even better, maybe. But last year they had the corn can. The Bush Light had, like, little corn cob on the side of the can. That's when you know it's football season, when you see the corn can. Corn can, that means the corn can addition, you know, the leaves are falling. It's time. Kickoff's about to happen, baby, when the corn can comes out. Can't wait. Um, I went with – I couldn't really
0: decide. I So – I, this weekend, had a family reunion and drank quite a few beers myself, and I fell in love with Coors Banquet once again. It continues to be a staple of my drinking career, and it will continue to stay that way. Um, that and then Bud Light Platties, man, 6% alcohol in those things, they, they get you going, I'll tell you what, but... Uh I'll probably those two. I'll probably switch off. Kind of depends on the week. Away game. I'm definitely doing a banquet, but a home game, you can see oh. me drinking Bud Light Platy. So a home game means a platinum's coming out. I mean, I gotta get up for an OU football game, man. I can't right. just I can't I can't have just a banquet. I need
1: something with a little more
0: kit, but
1: I respect it. Uh so here's my other questions no no free promos here, but have you guys tried Bud Light Next yet? No. Like a zero zero carb beer. I've never heard of it. It's the next big thing, guys. It's the next big thing. It's like the vegan of beers. Anyways, <laughs> um, so my other drink that I put down here was, I, I introduced this to, to you guys a couple weeks ago, whiskey sour with cranberry juice.
2: Yeah,
1: it's good. It's elite. It's, it's now, very good. Here's the problem with whiskey sour and cranberry juice. It's great. That next morning, you're going to wake up. You're going to be trying to check your fantasy team. You're not going to know what who's on your fantasy team. You're going to have no <laughs> clue where you are. You, get, you got nothing It's gonna get, be a rough morning it will be a rough morning because a they taste so good you're gonna keep drinking them and, and b the good. sugar is just i mean it it takes a toll on you In the morning you're gonna have no clue what you're looking at on the on the tv screen so
0: i will also say speaking of mixed drinks like that um since i've gone to the bars um some of my friends have been force feeding me uh a little uh cranberry vodka with pineapple juice. And you know what? I'm not going to order it personally, but if someone has it, you know for a fact that I am I don't say that. I I I will drink it every single time. I'm sorry, it's amazing. I won't order it, but I will drink it. I feel like a hot bitch drinking that. I will say.
1: Yeah. Makes brings out your inner slut. Oh, yeah. You'll see me at Logie's
0: getting down. Yeah. To ball. Ass. I'll tell you what.
1: Okay. Here's my other, 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 this is a situational one. And here's the deal. So you went out on Friday night football game. You got an 11 AM kickoff, right? Oh boy. Got to get up for it though. Cause it's big noon kickoff. It's a big opponent. So you get up, you go to the game, you, no drinking really before. Cause you just, you, you know, you just woke up time. It's game time. So after that game, you're running on fumes, right? But you got to keep watching ball, right? We've got Georgia, Florida here at two 30 CBS, same songs playing. We got to get up vodka Red Bull. It's, gets the, gets it flowing. You're still getting drunker, but then got a little energy. Red Bull kicks in time to watch football. Right? So that's where I'm at sustain the, it's like, it's like a, it's like an Adderall for your tailgating Saturday. That's what it is. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It Red Bull vodkas have been, I mean, they've been a staple for a while and I don't, I don't see them going away. I don't, I don't see them going away. The stock keeps rising on a Red Bull vodka. I think that's where I've been. All right, so let's get into some actual football talk here, guys. the upcoming season, we just said it a minute ago, we're close. We're getting closer. But there's these uh, head coaches that will be coaching their first games um, here in September at the new school that they're at. Who's a first-year head coach that you're buying, and who's one you're selling this year um, at, their new, uh, at their new school?
2: So person I'm buying, I'm buying Dan Lanning. I think he's just going to bring a good culture. He has an SEC culture in him. He's going to bring it over to the Pac-12, And the, one of the weakest cultures out there, the Pac-12. So, I mean, I think Oregon – I think it's going to run it. I think Oregon's going to run the Pac-12 this year. And so what I'm going to sell, Brian Kelly.
1: okay. All right. I just All don't right.
2: know. But they came off of off here. They just lost their quarterback to Texas A&M. So, we'll see how he can do. It's
1: certainly a culture shock, that's for sure.
2: Yeah. Notre Dame to LSU. Yeah, Notre Dame to LSU, it's – they're Catholics versus uh hillbillies.
1: Catholics versus, Catholics versus Tigers. <laughs> yep. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Tigers.
0: I have two for my winning. Um, one is very biased uh, with Brent Venables. Um, I think clearly already he is doing something right. He already has a higher recruiting class than Lincoln Riley ever did at OU, which is kind of insane to think about. He's been here for less than a year and he's just a good guy. I mean, if I'm a five-star and he comes to my house and starts talking, he loves to talk, he loves to...
1: It's been just like you would expect, the fire hose is fully inserted uh, in my mouth here, and uh, we've been blowing and going, and so...
0: He's blowing and going. He's sucking that hose down, and I'd be sucking whatever he's giving me. I would, (laughs) Um, but I have Brent Bittables, uh, and I think he's gonna be great. Um, I think he's gonna be great for OU. He's changed the culture already, and i I just I'm buying everything he's selling me. He's blowing and going as we've said um and my second one is Marcus Freeman. I just see him being a great coach. I don't know what it is i he I love a defensive coordinator becoming a head coach because I mean defense wins championships. it does um and if you can stop alabama's offense i mean i I think you you can you're obviously a pretty good spot and i think I think Marcus Freeman's going to take Notre Dame. To the highest level, and hopefully, he's the coach that finally gets him that new year six bowl win. Haven't seen it in a while, but
1: he could have been like, um, last year. it was his first game, he could have won. No, yeah, okay.
0: still, still, still can't get it. Notre Dame's been been a little bit dry recently, but hopefully, he brings it around. My selling, Jake, you'll never guess who I'm selling.
2: Hmm, I've
0: got no Lincoln team. Riley. I hate the guy, I hate him. Everything, everything like in my film. however. Whenever he leaves USC to come coach the Dallas Cowboys, I will welcome him with open arms, happily. Can't wait for that moment. But I did a little research. So if we remember, I don't know exactly what year, but OU had the, what, worst defense in the country. We did go to the playoffs. We got our arse oh, kicked.
1: Kyler Murray's year. Kyler Murray's year.
0: It, we were down 21-0 to zero within, like, the first four minutes of the game versus Alabama. Um, it was rough to watch. Lincoln Riley is now the head coach of a team that has walk-ons basically for an offensive line. And the last year was the 102nd ranked defense. We saw what Alex Grinch did at OU. He made it better, but I mean, we still had Kansas, Kansas's offense competing against us. The little shifting bullshit. I'm tired of it. I can't wait to see teams dominate that, that defense. It's going to be awesome to watch and it's going to happen again hate to say it, but those, those three I'm going with. I just, I just got a feeling with the first two, they're going to be great, but Lincoln Riley, he's going to, he's going to be successful. The Pac-12 sucks, but I just don't see it going to the college football
1: playoffs. I really don't.
2: I said it can't be much worse than four and eight.
1: Yeah, that's, yeah. That's kind of my thing with Texas. Uh, That's a completely different topic, but I don't think they can get much worse than they were last year. Hmm. Um. Okay, but so, so here's the thing. I actually was different on both the, uh, a couple of coaches here. So, Drew, you were uh, selling Brian Kelly. I'm buying Brian Kelly, and not because of Brian Kelly, but just because LSU is able to bring in so much talent so quickly. Um, you look at all three of the last coaches that uh, coached to LSU, all three of them won a national title, even though Les Miles was a little bit creepy, I guess, to girls, and a weird coach, and Ed Orgeron, I just simply don't think is a good coach. They still won national titles at LSU. So I think that he's going to be pretty good, especially in his first year, because they had so many transfers. And a lot of the transfers they brought in are experienced guys. Um, so that, that certainly helps. I'm also buying Joey McGuire at Texas Tech. Um, I just think he's too energetic and too much. Too, like, Texas Tech is not, they're not a sleeping giant by any means, but Texas Tech has a good fan base. They're a good fan base for basketball and baseball. You know, they also are in a massive recruiting state. Texas has the best recruits. So why can't why can't Texas Tech be good at football? I don't know. I,
0: I've also heard that he is very like connected to pretty much every yeah. high school in Texas. Yeah. And he was the high I, school coach. yeah. And he, I mean, he knows
1: everyone. And I they're gonna they're gonna steal some guys from Texas. They're gonna steal guys from OU. Yeah, but I mean there's, a, there's um, a guys that they don't even really have to there's enough talent in Texas, you don't have to steal anybody to be a good team. Now to be a great exactly. team. Exactly. Look at Baylor. Look at Baylor. Baylor has made a living off
0: just turning three stars into NFL talent. Like
1: Yeah. Well, Baylor, Baylor with Rule, they were recruiting guys based on basically how, like measurables. They weren't recruiting if you were really solid at football, even. I and mean, that's why you could saw all their guys do incredible at the NFL combines because he was recruiting guys based off how they were in track. But yeah, so so I'm I'm buying him. I'm selling Sonny Dykes though TCU his first year from SMU. I, just, I don't see it, man. I I I, just, I tried I tried to view it with you know a glass half full, but I just, I'm not I'm not a Sonny Dykes guy. And then the guy I'm selling here last that will contradict with you, Tom, is Marcus Freeman. Now I'm not selling him uh, full time. I'm selling him this year. Um, I don't think this year that Notre Dame's going to be great. They also have a pretty tough schedule. They're going to have to replace Kyle Hamilton, Kyron Williams, Jack Cohn. Um, A lot of guys that were really good, then the uh, Taco Bailoa guy that was defensive tackle. They are playing their their hardest schedule that Notre Dame has played in quite a while. So they've actually got some competition this year, whereas last year, their schedule was a joke. We're going
0: to see the BYU Cougars put up a fight against Notre Dame. I'm calling it, man.
1: See, Notre Dame plays Ohio State first week so at Notre Dame. So that's going to be quite a test for Marcus Freeman. And so that will be, uh, I almost guarantee that'll probably be game day first week. So that'll be quite, quite a start. I mean, he starts off with Fiesta Bowl and then Ohio State on the road is not, not easy. Um, so I'm kind of selling him this year just based on how hard it's going to be for him to be successful. But the way he's recruited, I think long term is going to be
2: very good. I mean, I'm, I'm selling Brian Kelly just in the first year overall. I think, I mean, wait, wait, like, like you said, the last three head coaches in the LSU won a national championship. So, I mean, I'm going to buy him for the future, but just next year. I just don't really see it. It's
1: fair. It's a fair point.
0: Uh, I'm, I'm pretty much the same way with Lincoln Riley. Obviously, he's going to recruit some crazy offensive talent. He's going to always going to have a good quarterback. He's a quarterback whisperer. I'm sorry. He is. But I just, I don't, I don't ever see that USC defense ever being anywhere near competitive to where it needs to be. I really don't.
1: So, here's a tangent. Honestly, I, I've kind of been thinking about this. Is is Lincoln Riley a quarterback whisperer or has he just had NFL starting caliber quarterbacks at every season?
0: I think if Caleb Williams turns into what, if he plays, I mean, pretty much the exact same way he did last year, he's probably going to win the Heisman. Yeah. But yeah. I, I think it, with Caleb Williams, it will prove it. I feel like Spencer Rattler kind of got the short end of the stick with kind of his, obviously we had Baker and Kyler. Those were two transfers, but, I Kyler Murray wasn't really doing anything like he was at OU. I mean, at A&M, he, w- he was good, but he wasn't like crazy yeah. good.
1: No, I think no. I think
0: Lincoln, I maybe the quarterback whisper is wrong. I think this will be the year to figure out if that's true or not with Caleb perfect. Williams.
1: Okay, so that's actually a perfect segue into our next topic, which is what transfers do you think could win the Heisman this this year? It could be quarterback, any position that uh, has recently transferred or transferred a while ago. I kind of want to phrase this by there are a buttload of transfers, um, but kind of which ones are you seeing as maybe a dark horse that people wouldn't expect or one that's kind of forgotten about just because so many transfers happened this offseason?
2: First one I think of is Dylan Gabriel. If he can lead OU, who just got gutted by USC, if he can lead them to like a one loss undefeated regular season, you'll probably see him in New York. Um, Caleb Williams, obviously. Uh, if Spencer Rattler can do something in the SEC, I can see him being up there too. I mean, also, same thing with Quinn Ewers, honestly. If he leads Texas from five and seven to like 11 wins, 10 wins, you'll probably see him up there as well.
1: So I've got, I've got a couple of dark horses here. My first one was Bo Nix. I think people don't realize actually how good Bo Nix was at the end of last season before he got injured. He was playing really well Still the turnovers are an issue, and he just sometimes he just loves playing. throwing the ball to the other team. Absolutely sometimes, loves it. Sometimes he's just playing not good. I mean, it's like it, – we can just call it what it is. Sometimes it's not good. Um, but I think a change of scenery is actually going to really benefit him. And then I think the only thing that I think could hinder him from from being really good is that I don't really know who Oregon has at skill positions other than him.
0: Whenever, whenever OU played Oregon, half their team didn't play, but all their receivers were all freshmen. And one of my best friends is a huge Oregon fan, and he was telling me about how all these freshmen receivers that were there – I think they're going to be pretty darn good. Obviously OU's defense was icky during that game towards the end, towards like the second half. But I think, I think he might actually have a really good season. I agree with you on that one.
1: And it's it's kind of forgotten about in the sense that we, we had such, he had such high expectations coming into Auburn um, five-star quarterback, you know, his dad played at Auburn and, and all that kind of stuff is that he didn't, it's not that he didn't meet expectations. It's just that, the expectations were so high for him, I think it will benefit him from like a change of scenery standpoint. Just kind of like getting out to where it's like first year head coach at Oregon, maybe that the the expectations aren't as high and he's just able to thrive in the kind of, you know, less stressful situation. My three, I
0: kind of hit the same ones Drew did. Um, Caleb Williams obviously is going to be up there. He's not really a dark horse, but I feel like he was too polarizing last year to not be in there. Um, especially still in Lincoln Riley's system, he's going to be—he's going to be just as good as he was last year, um, if not better. Sadly to say, but I have him. And then Spencer Rattler—I think he could do it. Uh, Shane Beamer is a great coach. I think—I really do think South Carolina is going to be not great, but better than they have been in a long time. Spencer Rattler, I think, is a very good quarterback. But the problem is. He just got kind of overshadowed by Caleb, and I mean Spencer Rattler. What, whenever he was a first year starter, what what was OU that year? Like eleven and two, something like that.
1: We were good, obviously a good team. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I, I, he's a he's a good quarterback. You might not like him. I don't like how he looks. I'm going to be honest, but <laughs> I think he I think he can definitely do it. And Dylan Gabriel as well. Uh, in Jeff Levy's system, a couple of years ago, he was. Not he didn't go to New York, but he was definitely in the conversation for a Heisman Dark Horse. He's back in that same exact system with better, a lot better talent than UCF could produce. I I I really see Dylan Gabriel having a good really, really good year this year. And he could he could end up in New York by the end of the season.
1: So I've got another, what do y'all what do y'all think about Zach Evans? TCU, TCU to Ole Miss transfer running back.
0: I just don't know really anything about him. He he was hurt pretty much all last year, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, I mean, he kind of like I think he went into a transfer portal in the middle of season, but he kind of like acted hurt. I watched him play Texas last year, and he was a beast. So
2: when he he played, he's the best player on the team.
1: Oh yeah, pretty pretty obvious. Mm -hmm.
0: I just I I don't know how much I trust him with all the stuff before with all the like recruiting stuff he was going through. Like he committed to like seven teams or something like that. Right. I I yeah. I mean, he's probably going to be really good. I just don't know enough about him and don't know if he's really – if his heart's really in it. I'll I'll say it. I don't know if he – I don't know if he's really going to be that guy, especially with Old Miss with a brand-new system. I guess Lane Kiffin's system, he'll run his. But I'm not too
1: sure. We'll see. When I watched him play Texas, he was trucking people, so I wasn't thinking it was like a a size issue. I think he's more of like – I would call him a dark horse just because we don't know what to expect from him. So that's kind of why I would put him in the dark horse category. Um, the other one I want to throw out there, it's very underrated. And this, and this is just one of them uh, that, that has come from the FCS um, last year is Cameron Ward. He's going to be West or uh, Washington state's quarterback transferred from incarnate word. Dude was putting up like video game numbers in FCS. So I, you know, I don't, I'm, I don't think a Heisman has ever come from Washington state, but. Gardner Minshew did. So he could be a kind of a dark horse. I think that would be exciting to see, see Washington state back up, back up there. So next segment, we're doing over-unders for season win totals. Um, all these numbers are from DraftKings. They've just recently came out with uh, season win totals for each uh, team. My
0: money don't jiggle, jiggle. It falls.
1: So the first team is a very interesting team. We talked about them previously on this podcast and um, it seems like the, 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 um, the thought here is kind of everywhere. The opinion is kind of everywhere. Shane Beamer is their coach, and that means it's the South Carolina Gamecocks. Their number is five and a half. You taking over or under?
2: I got the over. I like what Shane Beamer's doing down there. They just got a couple pretty good transfers. They got Spencer Rattler. They got uh, Austin Stodner. I got them going seven and five this year. i have looked at the schedule right now. They got a win against Georgia State probably. They got one against Charlotte. You'd hope. South Carolina State. Missouri, Vanderbilt, probably. That's five that right play. there. Yeah, and then maybe Tennessee. Throw Tennessee in there. Uh Kentucky? Oh, yeah, I think they'll beat Kentucky, but it's at Kentucky, so that could be FB.
1: Yeah, that's true. With
2: Will Levis, I
0: don't know.
1: Yeah, they certainly don't have an easy schedule, but five and a half, I'm also going to take the over. Tommy, what do you think?
0: Uh, I also am taking the over. I have them going probably around eight and four. I think Spencer Allard comes in and – really does a tizzy in the sec i think he will i think he he's gonna do a good job he's a good quarterback now.
1: yeah i i'm excited to see spencer rattler in a, in a different situation just because he's had so much excitement and hype um and, it, and also when he was at ou it was kind of like well is it lincoln riley that's such a good play caller when or is, is spencer rattler like good um and it's exciting to see him kind of just like on a random team very it's honestly very random that he's in south carolina considering he's from Arizona and was such a big recruit. Well, it's that
0: but... Shane Beamer connection. He was, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. he was the assistant OC for Lincoln for quite a while. I, I am a little nervous about Spencer because both times they played Texas, pretty much, I mean, he crapped down his leg two years in a row. He had to be benched twice. So we'll see how, is it, is it the big game that he kind of just shies away from? I think I couldn't tell you too much because he looks good in different, Different games like against Bedlam his first year he looked awesome, but I I don't know maybe the bright lights get a little too bright for him but we'll we'll see.
1: Yeah, they also have a very good tight end room. They have Austin Stogner and then Jaheim Bell is also really good. They have a defensive back uh, I think Cam Smith that's pretty pretty good. So they have a, they have a pretty good roster. So I'll put I'll put Gamecocks over five and a half. Uh, the next interesting team here and they might be one of the more. It might be one of the more interesting, entertaining teams this season, and in my eyes, is the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Big Brandon College football have been down for quite a while, but they're filled with transfers. I mean, they've got to transfer at every position, and the guys that they're returning aren't too bad, um, but they were also three and nine last year, so it's one of those kind of give or take situations. Um, I think it's going to be Scott Frost's make or break season, and their over and under is seven and a half wins.
2: Yeah, I think. I think seven and a half wins is kind of pushing it. I mean, I'm looking at the schedule right now, and they have a favorable schedule. But I think that they're going to hit the under. I think they're going to have six wins. They play at Northwestern the first game of the year, which you never know how Nebraska's going to do. And Northwestern, you never know how they're going to do either. So we'll see how that game goes. And they got two FCS opponents right ahead of them after that. Then they play OU, so... I will, I'm taking the opposite take on
0: that. Um, I'm um, going to say they go 9-3 this year and hit the over. I think this is kind of the year in Nebraska will have a bounce back, but then probably next year back down to where – back come down to earth where they have been for the last 10 years. I really – I mean, how many games did they lose by, like, less than three points or something last year? Like, half their games uh, or more? Well, uh, half their games, uh, yeah. Um, I, I think they're going to finally pull it around. Casey Thompson's – I mean, he's a good quarterback. He's not a bad one. He'll be good at Nebraska. He'll be better than Adrian Martinez, in my opinion, uh, just from the experience playing all those Big 12 schools. Also, I think the Big 10 is an absolute sham this year. Besides, like, Ohio State, uh, Michigan, and I, I and probably Wisconsin, those are really the only three schools I would even put any money on. Um, but I think Nebraska has a 9-3 year. I really do think, as you said, all those transfers are going to come in. They're hungry. They want to prove themselves. Uh, I think they're 9-3 this year.
1: I am going to go with the under here. And it's just for this reason. Um, It's not that Nebraska is bad. They find ways to lose under Scott Frost. They are in every game. And it doesn't matter if it's Illinois or Ohio State, right? They found a way to lose. And it's not that they – here's the thing. Here's the thing I want to to get across to to Cornhusker fans. They are one of the greatest fan bases. They do not deserve a bad team. Now, their team is not good. It hasn't been good for quite a while. Um, it feels um, like longer than it actually has been because Bo Pelini was a good coach, and you know he was, in my opinion, wrongfully fired. But their team has sucked, and their fan base does not deserve it. But I think there's going to be another tough year, and I think they're going to get to a bowl. But at seven and a half to me, that means that for the over to put to to hit, you got to win eight games, and a team that kind of find a way to lose isn't a team I'm going to pick to win eight games. So I'm going to pick with the under. Um, but it's not with my heart. It's with my brain. Um, and then the next team we got here is the Horn Frogs of TCU. Very interesting team. They have a lot of returning production, but a new head uh, coach. And it's the first time they've had a new head coach in, I think, 20 years since Gary Patterson took over. They're over under. Win total is six and a half. What do you got?
2: I think that it's going to be under. I think they're going at six and six, like right on the nail. Um, they just lost their running back, Zach Evans, to Ole Miss. We don't know who's going to be the starting quarterback there. It's either going to be Chandler Morris or Max Duggan. So, I don't know. There's a lot of uncertainty, so I can't see. I think they're going to go six and six.
0: I Um, also have the under. I think they're going to do even worse. I think they're going to be four and eight. Um, I I could see Kansas taking them down this year. I really could. Um, I just want to see Kansas succeed in football. I really do. They never will. But I always have that that help in my heart.
1: Let's get three this year. Let's get three. Let's come
0: on. We're, we're begging for it. We're begging for it. Thank we you. want to see it. 2007 was so fun. Give it back to us. Hey, they were hitting
1: um, the basketball court. Let's get to, let's get three wins. Let's get yep. three wins.
0: Yeah, but I'm, I'm looking at TCU's schedule right now. I mean, obviously, they have the Big 12, which I think the Big 12 is going to be better than they were last year, personally, uh, all around. I yeah. really do. Yeah. I mean, they're probably – they play Colorado – I bet they drop a game to Colorado, playing because it's in Boulder, and I mean that elevation will kill you. It will.
1: Better get there early.
0: They do, they do. But like I said, man, I just I don't see like you said, Sonny Dykes is brand new head coach. I just don't see it come together this year. They play Carlton State. Uh, they'll get a, they'll definitely get a win there.
1: <laughs> Tom, Tom, did you say Carlton State? carlton with the team oh i thought you said carlton state no carlton
0: no absolutely not and then i mean the rest of them are big 12 schools and i just see everyone pretty much on this list besides like texas
1: or besides like kansas really i they might be the second worst team in Big I'm Twelve gonna, next year. i've kind of got mixed takes here because i don't think sunny dykes is a good coach but i think tcu has too much like returning talent um to not hit the over on on season wins I actually heard a weird rumor that last year and a couple years, TCU's um, team was not, like, getting fed correctly. Like, they weren't very big. They had, like, small stature to their for their football team. They weren't, like, um, very muscled up because they weren't eating right. So, that part of it, I, I don't know if that's actually real or it could be a complete rumor. But I'm going to go six and a half over. They actually returned the most returning production of anybody in the Big 12 percentage-wise. Um, they're also adding a couple good uh, transfers. Mark Perry comes to mind. So I'm, 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 a, I'm not like super high on TCU, but I think seven wins is is something they can do. Um, next team we got here is a Utah Utes. Probably the most anticipated season Utah's had in quite a while, just in terms of expectations. They've had good teams, um, but but this is the most off season hype they've received in quite a while. Um, off of a Rose Bowl visit, their over under is at nine for the season.
2: I think I'm gonna go with the over for them. They got a tough first game of the year. They're playing at Florida, so we can, we'll see how that goes. But um, it's a sneaky great game, Utah. Yeah, it's really good game. Right now, the Pac-12 is pretty weak overall, so I think they'll get. I think they can get ten wins. They got they got at Oregon second to last week of the season. That's going to be a tough game. We'll see how the USC game goes. Other than that, I think they're going to win the majority of their games.
0: I am also with you on that. I think they go ten and two uh i mean pac-12 sucks in football let's be real they're horrible Fair and enough. i they're they're so bad i mean you could throw you could throw fbs schools in there they they'd do some damage like you throw north dakota state in the back 12 and they're they're at least an eight win team i'm i'll be honest but i i mean i just don't see anyone on the schedule that's like oh utah is definitely going to lose that game they could honestly go undefeated in for their schedule, Florida is going to be the big test. And if they can get past Florida, I don't, see them, I don't see them dropping too many games after that.
1: So I've got a little bit of the opposite take. I've got them pushing uh, nine wins. I think they're going to have at Florida is going to be a tough one. I think they could easily lose that one. And then they have USC and o- Oregon that are tough. Other than that on their schedule, you're right, it's pretty simply easy. I think UCLA is going to be better than people think. Um, also, they lost to San Diego State last year. I mean, said it last pod. Utah Utah lost to San Diego State last year. It's going to be a little bit harder of a game than I think most people think. This is an odd year because Utah and BYU aren't playing, which kind of sucks. But I still think Utah at a nine and three record is pretty pretty spot on. So I'm going to agree with Vegas and I'm going to push here. But those are our team totals.
0: Hey, watch out for the Southern Utah Thunderbirds. That's all I'll say.
1: Yeah. Hey, Southern it's Utah trap game right play. there. Thunderbirds, man, that's quite a name. What a name. Trap game. All right, so. We put out on Twitter a list of our top 10 quarterbacks in the Big Big 12. I guess top 10. They're the, the 10 starters ranked. So we're going to go ahead and kind of explain our thought process here. We had different lists and averaged them, and that became our list um, that was put out on Twitter. The people were not happy with us putting 100 Decker so low. Um, but we've we'll, <laughs> never seen him play yet. We've never seen him play. So that's kind of where we're at. Um, so a little bit of this is based on what you've seen before. Uh, it, the Big 12 has a lot of transfers. Um, There's only one returning starter this year for the Big 12 if Max Duggan doesn't win the job, and that's Spencer Sanders. Um, So we're going to see quite a bit of fluctuation here, and that's kind of why the rankings are so debated. debated. But we'll kind of go through the list here from 10 to 1 on who we had. Um, The first guy I had at 10 was Hunter Deckers. Um, Iowa State fans, you can come after me. That's fine. I had Hunter Deckers at 10 just because I haven't seen him former um, four-star four guy. Last time I watched him, he was kind of lobbing it to the sideline against Oklahoma that was picked off by DeLaron Turner, Yale. time, I remember it vividly. And that's really my only opinion of Hunter Deckers. So if, if I had more of uh, evidence, I'd probably pick him higher. I do think that left-handed, you know, pocket kind of a little bit dual threat. I think he could be pretty good. The, the talent's there, but it's really hard to rank these guys. So I'm putting him at 10.
0: I'll agree with you. I think I think he could surprise... Pretty much everyone, because he came in in the OU game when Perry on Winfrey sent Brock Purdy to the grave. Uh, he came in for a couple of plays, and he did not look bad at all. He looked like a quarterback. He looked comfortable for how young he is. I think he could surprise a whole lot of people this year, I will say.
1: Yeah, that was one thing I want to preface it is like, just because I bring your guy low doesn't mean we hate him. Um, a lot of these guys are going to be good players, and we're going to be wrong. So 100 Deckers at 10 was what I had. Who did you guys have at 10? I had Jalen Daniels.
0: I just, I don't, I don't think he's going to be that good this year. I'm going to be honest. I also had a at 10
2: because I just haven't seen him play. I mean, I guess he played a little bit against OU, but I'm sure, I'm sure the list will change once we, once the season gets going, but you know, that's who I have at 10.
1: So I've got Jalen Daniels at nine. I assume, uh, you know, I didn't really watch him except for the Texas game when KU played Texas. He looked phenomenal in that game. Um <laughs> He, he really did. Uh, honestly, I'm, I'm excited to watch him this season. I think he's he's got a lot of potential. It's just the the weapons around him, Kwame Lasseter is gone. And then his offensive line, Are he, he going to be able to be protected? I don't really think so. So that part of it worries me. So I put him at nine.
2: I put him at nine as well. I mean, at the end of the day, he plays for Kansas. So right.
1: it's, tough I mean, to rank. it's tough to rank anybody on Kansas yeah,
2: high. Uh, uh, Fair. A three-win three season for Kansas is like a national championship for most teams.
0: I cannot
1: so. wait. Those three wins are coming this year, Jayhawk fan. They're coming.
0: Lance Let's shoot for Leipold, four.
1: His name, Lance Leipold. He's a hell of a coach, man. I'm yeah. ready for him. He's he's the right man for the job. We're, we're shooting for four, Tom. So I'm, I'm, I'm
0: shooting for four. I'm taking four this I year. I hope so. I'm doing it, big
1: Jayhawk fan this year. <laughs> big Jayhawk.
0: I, I'm, gonna, I'm a huge Jayhawk fan. Let's see him beat Texas two years oh, in a row. Let's do Texas, it. Why not?
1: If they beat Why Texas, not? man, oh boy. Um, There's for thing, my nine. they almost beat I, Texas a couple years ago. Again, like it was overtime. I'm, I'm telling overtime. you,
0: they. Kansas has Texas's number. I don't know how. I don't know what they're doing. They might be cheating. Honestly, I wouldn't be too shocked, but they got their number. (laughs) I
1: think there's evidence for them not cheating. Two and ten season every year.
0: (laughs) Maybe just a text. Someone's leaving. For my ninth, I have Hunter Deckers. Like we said, he could surprise all of us and be the third-best quarterback in the Big 12 this year. Who knows? We don't know yet. But we'll have to see – I just, I don't really, I can't say anymore. We just haven't seen him play too much, so it's hard to rank him.
1: All right, so eight, I've got Max Duggan. I think he's going to win the starting job, and I'm just not too high on Max Duggan. That's just my honest opinion.
2: I also have Max Duggan slash Chandler Morris because I have no idea who's going to win that job. I mean, when Chandler Morris played last year, there was a couple games he looked pretty good, but then he came in against OSU and got shut down. So, yeah, I got I got him at eight, at eight as well.
0: I have JT Daniels, seven. I just hate the guy. I don't like how he looks. His dumb little mustache. I don't – I I just – he doesn't look like an athlete. I'm sorry. He has failed to win, like, three QB battles now. And he – I mean, at that point, like, he's at his – I mean, who's going to West – who's transferring to West Virginia, like, happily, Who is? Not a lot of people. But
1: Hey, Morgantown's beautiful. I will say it's beautiful, but I don't want to play football there. I'm sorry. That's fair, Tom. I'm just saying – for me, I think JT Daniels is – I've got him higher. So, we can, we can get la- there later. I've got him higher just because if he can stay healthy, he's been good. He just has been very injury prone. So, that's my thing.
2: To be fair, he lost
1: his job to the mailman. And the mailman. 5'9". <laughs> 5'9 and strong. God bless Stetson Bennett, man. Holding out, holding out there for all the white boys in Georgia. <laughs> out <Gotta> of respect. <it. laughs> Working at a Canes, hammered. Yeah, I mean oh, he was still
0: drunk after that. After ours, that win, let's be ours.
1: honest. That's just another story for another time, though. All right, <laughs> at seven? I've got Adrian Martinez. I think that Nebraska had an Adrian Martinez problem. But I don't think Adrian Martinez had a Nebraska problem. So that's kind of where I'm at there uh, with him. I, it's not to say that he can't have a good year. I, I think Kansas State's going to be better than they were last year, and part of that will be his his doing. But I still have him at seven. Who do? You, who else? Who did you have at seven, Drew?
2: Texas Tech quarterback. So I'm just going to play him at seven.
1: Because. That's who, I haven't met six, so we can go ahead and talk about Donovan Smith, Tyler Shuck. Uh, not sure who's going to win the starting job. I thought Donovan Smith was good. Tyler Shuck might have more potential in the the new offense they are going to run from the Western Kentucky's offense coordinators. Now they're offense coordinator. It's going to be Air Raid back to the old tech days. So I think Tyler he's Shuck a, might win it. Because he's uh, didn't he transfer from Oregon? Yeah, Oregon transfer. He played a little bit last year before he got injured.
0: I'll tell you, I remember sitting at the garage – the burger place and me and Calvin were watching that guy just dominate someone. I don't know who I'm all in. He's also at my seventh spot still, but I i just have I have a little soft spot for him in my heart. I do. It's
1: fair. That's I hope fair. he does well. So uh I got had him was at six. So you guys want to read off your top six or your six and then we'll go through our top five. Uh my six is JT Daniels. Gotcha. Um,
2: I literally haven't seen him play a snap because, I mean, he just – he's he loses the job everywhere he goes. So, I mean, we'll see how he does. I think he was a former five-star, so obviously he has talent.
0: Uh, for mine, I have either Chandler Morris or Max Duggan. I feel like those two are basically the same exact player. Uh, both of them are mobile QBs, can't really throw the ball all that well. Both of them have had games that they look good, and then games they look like they're playing – like they're a 12-year-old playing against an NFL defense. like. I don't know we'll see I think they're just going to be very average quarterbacks either one who starts they're basically the same player in my eyes so
1: all right so top five here uh at five I've got the ever controversial Quinn Ewers he has not played a snap of um big 12 college football I think he had a couple snaps at Ohio State you no know, former five-star number one quarterback in the country we don't know anything about him really yet on the field Um, other than what we've watched in high school. I've got him at five just because I think it's conservative. I think, obviously, he could jump up there. Obviously, he could go down. Um, We don't really know enough about him. And that's a lot of these Big 12 quarterbacks. It's tough to make a list, but I put Quinn at five.
2: My five I have Adrian Martinez, um, also a former five-star. I mean, he showed – he had flashes at Nebraska, but, again, he always found a way to lose. So, we'll see how he can do at Kansas State.
0: I also have, I also have Adrian Martinez at five. I think he's one of the more experienced quarterbacks coming into the big 12. uh, And I think that'll help him out a lot. He's played a lot of football. Uh, He'll be good. He'll be decent. I don't, I don't think he's going to be a Heisman candidate or anything. He'll, I think he sits around the five spot for me.
1: Okay. So at four, I've got JT Daniels. We already kind of discussed him. I put him at four just because I think he's good. If he can stay healthy. Um, that's going to be a trick though, for him to stay healthy. Cause he has not been, um, made um glass. Of before. yeah, made a glass and uh, West Virginia's last year, their quarterback, Jared dig, took a lot of shots. So is that going to, you know, if he's going to be able to be protected? I don't know. So I have him at four.
2: Uh, we'll four. see if he even
1: wins a quarterback battle. He hasn't won one yet. It's a, it's so a good, we'll one. see.
2: It's a fair point. Fat four,
0: four for me, I got Blake Shapin
2: from Baylor. Um, Baylor, I think they have a chance to win the Big 12 again. I just think he's got a lot of weapons with him, and he can show it. So I got him at four.
0: Uh, I have Quinn. I mean, he's a question mark. He's going to be good, but how good is he really going to be? Is he going to be that five-star that everyone was talking about a couple of years ago, like dominating everyone? We just haven't seen it, and we just don't know yet. So I'm, I
1: have him at four. So three, I've got Blake Shapin. Drew just touched on. Blake Shapen looked great in the Big 12 championship game. I'm not sure how much of that is able to be carried over. But uh, Jerry Bohan was a good quarterback um, for uh, Baylor. And I know if they're going to go ahead and make that decision to go with Blake Shapin, then that Blake Shapin must be pretty good. Other than that, you know, I don't really have any other take on him. I'm excited to kind of see him this year. Um, But he's also another guy that's going to benefit or not benefit. He's going to have a tough time with the skill talent because Baylor – loses their couple best receivers. Um, Abram Smith, Treston Ebner are also both gone, so he's going to have some new guys, some new faces.
2: At number three, I got Quinn. Uh, he was the, either the highest-rated uh, quarterback recruit of all time or second behind Vince Young. So I think that there's too much talent. For, I mean, also Texas has might have the best offense in the Big 12 this year with Xavier Worthy and Bijan Robinson, so I can see him doing pretty good this year.
0: Uh, I have Shapen at three as well. He looked amazing in that Big 12th game. He really did. He came in, stepped up to the plate, and hit a hit a grandy. So, I I think he's going to be good. Um, we'll have to see with a full year. Uh, one game doesn't say doesn't. I mean, anyone can have one good game, but I I'm just excited for the year. Like kind of like all the other quarterbacks, we just haven't really seen a ton of them other than like one or two games. So we'll we'll have to see. Be patient and come back to it later in the season.
1: All right. At two, I've got Dylan Gabriel um, was obviously good at UCF, a little bit injury prone, um, but we've seen, we've seen him do it before. Like a lot of these other quarterbacks are transfers that are transfers or guys that haven't had a full season starting. We've, they've been all right or good at times. We've seen Dylan Gabriel be good for most of a whole season. Um, So I put him at two. I think he's just more trustworthy than everybody else uh, that's lower than him on the list. Um, But the other thing is that I haven't watched enough of uh, Dylan Gabriel at UCF to know if it will translate to power five.
2: At number two, I got Spencer Sanders. I think that he's by far the best athlete at quarterback in the big 12. The only problem with him is that uh, he's a little bit turnover prone. He had seven turnovers by himself to Baylor last year, just to that one team I had three against OU. Um, but athlete wise, he's by far the best athlete in the big 12 for a quarterback. So uh, yeah, I got him a number
0: two. I'm also there with Spencer Sanders too. two. Uh, I, I mean, he's a good quarterback. I'll say it. I hate him, but he's a good quarterback. Uh, he, like Drew said, he loves to give the ball to the other team in the worst moments possible. Uh, he just, like, I remember watching that Baylor game. He was just tossing it to him, just like it was, they were on his team. He was playing for Baylor that game. Sorry. Um, so- he loves giving the ball to the other team. He's had he looked a lot better last year turnover-prone-wise, but, I mean, it's been pretty consistent in his career that he is just turnover-prone, and hopefully that changes for him. Personally, I hope he keeps tossing the rock to the other team, but I think he's the second-best quarterback in Big 12.
1: Okay, well, that leads me into my number one. I have Spencer Sanders. He was first-team all Big 12 um, last year, first-team preseason Big 12 this year, so I put him at number one, and I don't think it's too hot of a take. The, with the ball, with, with our wide receivers spread out at Oklahoma State, um in the two bowl games he's played we've kind of gone up more up tempo and he's looked phenomenal in both bowl games um threw for three hundred and fifty yards against Notre Dame, four touchdowns ran for one hundred and fifty as well so he's always always had the potential um last year he was really good during the middle part of the season, but we were kind of beating the crap out of everybody, and our defense was playing so well that he was kind of more of a conservative quarterback and we hadn't we hadn't uh you know thrown it as uh, thrown it deep and you know his numbers weren't as inflated uh due to the due to how good our defense was playing um but he for the most part last year, his turnovers were much better. Um, you mentioned he had seven turnovers against Baylor. He only had five in the other uh, games um, in terms of interceptions. So he had 12 interceptions, five um, for 12 games, and seven for two games. So it was just a real big bugaboo against the Baylor Bears. And their defense was really good. So that's why I put him at number one. Hopefully, you know, you know that turnover bug definitely reared its ugly head. I don't want to see that ever again. Um, but I trust Spencer at this point is going to continue to get better. Um, So I'm excited to watch him this season, Uh, but we'll see if he can kind of, you know, fix those turnover issues. That's kind of always been the problem with him, Uh, but he's become much a better, much better scrambler um, as he's gotten um, older. So that definitely helps, but I.
2: I have number one. I got Dylan Gabriel because I think Jeff Levy's last year at UCF, um, Dylan Gabriel led the country in passing that year. I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's right. And uh, Jeff Levy's back at OU, uh, so he'll be back in his system. He's got weapons like Marvin Mims, Theo Weiss. He's got pretty good running backs with him. He's, we got, he's got a returning offense, a lot of returning offensive linemen, so I think he's going to have a big year.
0: I am also with you on Dylan and Gabriel. As I mentioned before, and Drew just mentioned, he was, he was elite with Jeff Levy. He did lead the country in passing yards that year, Drew, um, and, I mean, again, it was a group of five team, so we'll see if that translates. I hope so. I will say in the spring game, he had some rough moments, missed some passes here and there, but uh, I I have faith in him. He has, I think him and Spencer Sanders both have the most experience, and I think that will both correlate to OU and OSU being the number one and two. I could see it going either way, honestly, in the Big 12 this year, but I think those two teams will finish in the one and two in the Big 12, and I think that's both based off how well the quarterbacks play. And I, and same with the rest of the big 12, I think it's a, it's a quarterback driven league or college football is quarterback driven. And uh, I think Dylan Gabriel is the best personally, but I could be wrong in that. We'll see how it goes though.
1: I love it guys. Uh, so here's my, my last question for you is who would you take longevity wise? So we're not talking just this year. Who would you rather have? Um, so I think Dylan Gabriel has what two more years of eligibility? I think this year, or next year,
0: he has his COVID year still too.
1: Right, right. Okay, so yeah, maybe even three. I I don't, I don't know if that's true, but or if he has three, two or three. But we'll um, we're we'll on the side that he has three. Or would you rather have? Would you rather have him, or would you rather have Quinn Ewers? Granted that say Quinn Ewers performs well um, up to his recruiting standard, would you rather have Quinn Ewers for four more years, or Dylan Gabriel for three? Which one are you taking?
2: Quinn Ewers for former years by far. I mean, I think his talent – I mean, he has the most talent. Maybe – I mean, he was the number one quarterback recruit in the country. Probably the second highest rated recruit, uh, quarterback recruit of all time behind Vince Young. So, I mean, obviously there's talent there. He played – he played Texas high school football. So, I mean, he dominated them. I think he can – I think he'll be pretty
1: good. Uh, so, I'd take Quinn I'm also taking Quinn, but I'm interested to hear your take, Tom
0: uh it pains me to say it man it it hurts to say I I'd probably choose Quinn I think him and Caleb Williams both have the highest ceiling for quarterback wise uh of anyone in the country um and I you can't just you can't pass it down the kid is talented we'll see how it translates but I mean clearly he as Drew said dominated Texas high school football which is best state for high school football for me personally uh we'll see uh it's tough to say just because Dylan Gabriel has already proved that he can be that guy, and Quinn Ewers hasn't, but I think the ceiling is too high for Quinn Ewers to turn that down.
1: I agree with you guys. I'm on Quinn Ewers um, just just longevity wise. I think Dylan Gabriel is going to be a good quarterback, um, and obviously with him joining back with Levy, it's that's not going to hurt. Um, but I think I'd take Quinn Ewers if I was Oklahoma. Like if I had the coaching staff that Oklahoma did, I'd definitely take Quinn Ewers. Now the thing that that for me makes it a, an issue is I'm not a big believer in Sarkeesian. That's just my honest opinion. I'm not really a big believer in Texas. So would I would I want Quinn Quin Ewers or Dylan Gabriel if I was Texas? I don't know. Yeah, that. that but if I was Oklahoma, I'd definitely take Quinn Ewers.
0: Let's yeah. hope Sark stays away from that alcohol, man. That's all I'm begging him to.
1: Oh, right. oh let's boy. let's oh, let's,
0: boy. let's hope he stays off of it. Texas might drive him to start getting back into it, I hate to say. There's no alcohol in Austin. That's what they say, a single drop. I'm just saying, after that OU-Texas game, there's no way you didn't pound a bottle of Jack. There's no way you didn't do it. That was – I mean, also, there's no yeah. way OU should have won that game. Uh, if I'm Sark, I'm I'm cracking that bottle back open. And I might – he loves to drive with it too, which is, you know, it's a little rough. We'll We'll see. We'll see. We'll see if Texas drives – uh start to getting fired from another job for that reason but we'll see for the
2: sake of longhorn nation let's hope he doesn't pick up another bottle <laughs> let's, let's pray for it
0: yeah our best because to... would y'all would y'all i have a question for y'all would y'all say this is sark's make or break year? uh no, not this early
2: not this early now. because i mean okay. they gave charlie strong all those years they gave tom herman a couple years both i think are way worse way worse coaches than steve but
1: man yeah, yeah we'll see um, okay, last segment of the day. Do our bucket list game uh, to go to to like attend in person this season and a game that you're least likely to go to. Uh, my first one is here. I know that you guys are going to agree with this one is Nebraska OU. I think it's going to be electric. Oh yeah, people in Lincoln, man, they're going to be up for that one. It's going to probably. I'm just guessing it's going to be a night game. I could be wrong. I don't think that there's been a time set for it. No, they'll give us a,
0: a. They'll give us an 11 a.m. It's already announced.
2: it's 11
1: a.m. Oh, it's 11 a.m. Yeah, of course. So. it is. Why break. wouldn't they? That's hard. Why,
0: why
2: wouldn't it be? Uh, Bob Bowlesby had to screw us one last time. Yeah.
1: Well, one. Either way, it's going to be an electric game. Will be a fun one. Um, two two big old two Big Eight rivals getting back at it. I like it. I'm I'm yeah. i to be there.
2: What's your uh, game you will not go to?
1: Oh my oh, yeah. my, my game I will not go to. These are these are some bad ones. I've got two of them. I got UNLV at Cal. I'll tell you that one I will not be attending. <laughs> and the other one is Kansas at Duke. Sounds like a great basketball matchup. <laughs> I don't know why the hell those teams play in football. We should just get that game out of the way. I mean, let's just it's not even played. It's not even worth it. Let's just sim that. It's gonna be an
0: embarrassment to football.
1: Let's just sim that one on the Xbox, man. Let's just (laughs) that's one of those ones we click sim week. (laughs) Kansas Duke. That's not that's not gonna be a good one. I will not be at that game. Although it is in Lawrence, we could, you know, it's not not too far of a trip. We could make the trip. We might, you know what? I honestly we should do it now. Let's do a live pod, Kansas Duke. Live pod in Lawrence. All right, well, so who my, do you
2: guys got for bucket list? My bucket list game would probably be Ohio State at Penn State this year, just because I want I want to I want to experience a whiteout. I think one of the most electric atmospheres in college football. So I'd probably choose that game. Or the game I would not go to, just name a single Rutgers football game, and I'm not attending. <laughs>
1: I mean, uh, what about Rutgers at Penn State? Uh, no, we're going to Happy Valley a different week, I guess. Yeah. Um. So I I. I chose a different
0: one for how I love my sports teams and very passionate about it. So I, I chose a team, two teams to go watch that is going to make me a very happy man. And that's Bama versus Texas. I would love to go and just watch Texas get murdered, just absolutely destroyed. It's going to make my day when Quinn Ewers gets destroyed by Will Anderson. I cannot wait for that moment. It's going to happen. Nick is going to send the dogs. I, I, I have an estimate that the starters on both sides of Alabama's team will be out by halfway through the third. I'll say it. I think, they, I think the second team will be in for most of the second half. Uh, but for my <laughs> game that I am definitely not going to is Tennessee Tech versus Kansas. No shot in hell that I am going to go watch that game. Kansas is probably going to lose. I hope oh, not. No, Tom. We need those, no, those. Four wins. Hold on. Wait, uh, wins. That's what I'm about to say. We need those four wins. And that could be one of them. But I'm not going to it. Because there is a real possibility Kansas will lose it. I hate to
1: say it. Jayhawks are going for four wins this year, man. I'll be there. And I can't Duke, but I'll be there for Kansas, Texas, Tennessee Tech. I'm, I'm not joining you. I hate to say it. I'm not going. <laughs> All
2: I'm saying is uh, Kansas, Kansas, Texas is in Lawrence this year.
1: Things are getting a little tougher. Oh, dude, I would love to do a live pod there. I would love to. Lawrence is going to be jumping. Oh, they're going to, it's going to be the
0: same thing as the OU game last year. They're just going to let fans in for free, and it's going to be a terrifying thing for Texas fans.
1: Yeah. All right. So next week, we're going to have some Big Ten quarterback talk. We're going to get, we're going to get, we're going to get rolling here. Tuck is coming. Tuck is coming. coming. (laughs) Oh boy. Tuck's coming. All right. Hey, we'll see you next week guys.